podcast, Johnson. It's every other Monday's main event. What's up, Bill? You want to talk about wrestling? I do. Thanksgiving-style wrestling, as well, a matter of most, fact. The most wonderful time of the year. It's, it's starting. Mm. The holidays. Mm. Welcome to every other Monday's main event. Uh, Mike's... Uh, that's good shit. Mike's, Mike's horny on, on some chocolate-covered... Chocorooms. Chocorooms. Everybody get yourself a chocoroom. Enjoy a sneaky snack. Watch the Survivor Series. Bill, i tell you something. Hmm. This episode's coming out on uh, this upcoming Monday, correct? Uh, yes. Monday before Thanksgiving. Yes. So this will be airing um, the day after Survivor Series 2021. So I hope you're still in the Survivor Ooh. Series mood. I hope it was a wonderful show. I, uh, I probably said this last year's Survivor Series episode, but I love that ever since 2016... Survivor Series has become kind of a little brand warfare thing. And we get, um, I don't know if I explained this to you. So in addition to two traditional Survivor Series matches, one men, one women, they do champion versus champion for mm-hmm. all the, so world title and like mid card title, like uh, intercontinental and us tag team titles and women's titles. So it's a very, very fun way to kind of get like the best of the best all night long. And it's like, you don't have to even be following what's going on to enjoy it. Cause it's just, it's almost like the Royal Rumble in that sense where it's just like, here's just like all of our best fighting each other for your enjoyment. I understand. It's fun. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Roman versus Big E is uh, the champion versus champion. And uh, you've seen both of them at different points during the show. I have. And uh, to quote Biggie himself, it's going to be big, meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> oh. oh, my. That's the way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about the other brand, NXT? They're not, in, they're not involved? No, that was one year only. That was in 2019. Um, and they did that because uh, that was right around the time AEW started. And they were trying to build NXT up uh, as their kind of competition. Um, so they were trying to make sure that they all looked like big, big stars. Uh, they didn't do it last year cause it was the pandemic and like 90% of WWE COVID outbreaks were, uh, on NXT cause they're younger. So they're dumber. Yeah. Um, so they like, they were like, yeah, don't come near our building. And then this year they did a reboot for NXT. It's like totally different now. So they're probably giving it a little bit of time to, uh, establish itself before they bring NXT back into Survivor Series. Different house, so. though. So it's just called NXT 2.0 now. They've changed like the whole aesthetic. Uh, um, and then they're just calling up a lot of... Basically, <laughs> in real life, Vince basically kicked Triple H out and took over. Because like the whole thing was run by Triple H. Like Vince had next to nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then Vince was like okay, I want this now. And then so Vince took over and Triple H was ousted, essentially. Uh, oh. So it's, it's basically going to be like more of a smaller scale main roster as opposed to what it was before, which was like, you know, indie style wrestling. Is ruining it? No, or I not? like it. 
it's oh. it's 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 totally different in and in, in the sense that it's not better or worse it's just totally different presentation of wrestling oh. than the original nxt was so it's fun i like it oh all right recommend I, it i have no was still saying i have no horse in this probably yeah. not oh so uh who's we gonna do first you want to do the old one mine or the new one yeah, yours? We'll, we'll go chrono Okay. Because your because yours is at the very first Survivor Series. Yeah, ever. this is second. Well, last year I did the same thing. Literally the first match of the first one ever. This now year you got the main event. The main event of this one because yeah, I only had four matches because they're each like about a half an hour long. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it was Hulk Hogan's team versus Under the Giants team from the 1987 uh, version. Uh, before we start, do you want to give off our our fantasy five on fives? Oh sure. Did you make one? Nope. <laughs> do you uh do you want some time i can i can go first come back yeah go, yeah well how about i do mine if you want to come back between you do yours to introduce yours and then i'll do mine to introduce mine okay that sounds good so uh yeah classic five on five uh mine on the bad guy side of it and i'm going strictly it's gonna be definitive sides to it uh i have the captain and rick flair on on my bad guy team course. We go with one of the few wrestlers I met in person who thrilled me when he uh, did his laugh with Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Of course. Who is the, the, both these guys are excellent in the ring, so you can't go wrong with those guys. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Uh, you know, their good arrogance and a good athleticism. Uh, oh, Owen, absolutely. Owen Hart when he was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And he was always great. And then I uh, chose your, your boy Triple H in there. He's the newest <sighs> one I have. Gotta have him. It's all about the game. Yeah, uh, and then on the good guy side, I have uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Sure, a of course. Classic late '80s sequin cape, headband, giant goggle sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bret Hart, of course. Uh, probably again like early to mid '90s. Bret Hart would be in this one. Total good guy. Uh, Jake the Snake. He's just always been one of my favorites. He could have gone on either side, but I needed a good guy. Jacob the Snake up, yeah. Tim, um, Cactus Jack. Got to have Mick in the mix. Yeah. And uh, RVD, my last one. Bob Van Darn. <laughs> yes. Um, and obviously our friend Gark toyed with the idea of having a band called, uh, not Rob Van Dam, but no, the Jean-Claude Van Dam. Yeah, yeah, he's, I like he's, it. He was going to have a band called Jean-Claude Goddam. But oh, I don't man. think he ever did. That's too bad. Yeah. Hopefully, no one's going to take that now. I've released it publicly to the world. Oh, you're doomed. Yeah. Okay. So, the uh, the participants in this match are Andre's team. Now, I also got a rough estimate of weights of the teams. I'll go with Hogan's oh! first because the lighter team. Well, there's just so much. It's so much beef. This is a beef match in itself. This is a good it's amount a, of beef. It's a different kind of beef match, but Hogan's team, it's you know, Hogan. He was, I think they said he was 303 or so. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow coming in at 390. Uh, one of the smallest guys, Paul Orndorff, Orndorf, Mr. Wonderful, was 252. Uh, Ken Patera was around 170. And Don the Rock Morocco was 275. So almost 1,500 pounds just on their side. That's bananas. Now, on under the Giants' side, you had him. He was going about 520, so they say. Yeah, King Kong Bundy, he was around 460-ish. Uh, one Man Gang was from 450. Jesus. Uh, the natural Butch Reed, 262, and Rick Rude, ravaging Rick Rude, with his uh, wonderful street sign tights at uh, 250. He's the smallest guy at 250. Damn. 
and this team was almost roughly was about 1,950 pounds. You throw in the referee, the Joey Morella, I think, and you're talking about 3,500 pounds in that ring at once. It's a strong ring. It has to be. Now, uh, the I don't know. I'm sure the interview for the bad guy team took place earlier in the night. I didn't go back to look for it. But uh, did you watch from the point of Hogan's team being interviewed before they went out? Oh, absolutely. My How notes just says uh, oh, the backstage interview. Hmm? I was going to ask what you what you put down for the notes. Uh, well, I was just saying that Hogan's team is just comprised exclusively of Muppets. It is just <laughs> so many different fucking colors and personalities and just shit being shouted at random. It was excellent. It was everything that I love about 80s wrestling. I just put Hogan's team is definitely full of cocaine. Oh, well, I mean, that's yeah. another, just another way to phrase what I said, <laughs> yeah. more or less. Um, and now if you notice, Bam Bam Bigelow had a manager, Oliver Humperdinck. Oh, that's who that was. That redhead in the, the very shiny suit. Uh, what note I had from me later, he worked for WCW in the early 90s. as And it was a biker gimmick, but his name was Big Daddy Dink. And that's God. that's fact right there. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, so something very surprising about this match for this time period. I don't know if you noticed it. It's nonstop. There was like no rest holds, no slowdowns yeah, of any was- sort non-stop momentum it was high like i can't believe like for the especially the size of some of these guys like right. hogan was never one to go like two nuts yeah everyone was i mean i'm it's like rick rude was realistically like the only guy in there that was like sleek and like you know relatively fast and kind of you know light you know every young. other guy in there yeah like was just just beef yeah and it was they like were the one going... that's the kind that hangs from the fucking ceiling in the, the freezers. <laughs> but everyone was like going the same pace. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And I know they probably were doing it for some some sort of story. Like the good guys were all on the same page. The bad guys, because they're not all, you know, they have different managers. Mm. He had some more Heenan's guys, some more Slicks guys. Was that was it just the two? I think so. There was no Jimmy Hart for that one, right? We would have heard him no, the match yeah, yeah. with the megaphone. That would be all my notes. Yeah. When um when Hogan comes down and you know, he's soaking up the adoration, uh, they have like, a white shot of the ring. And I uh, put that Butch Reed was so upset he was kicking the ropes. Did you see that? No. Yeah, he was very upset. Oh, the cat wants to get on my lap the wrong way. Is that why uh, Hogan went out of his way to eliminate him first? Probably. I mean, Rick Rude, he like took. He was basically like a punching bag. He didn't really get much offense. Oh yeah, he was the 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 bitch the whole match long. He was. Um, I think it's funny too because of copyright issues. They replaced clearly they replaced his music because he used to have the classic stripper music. The da 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 da. Oh. But it was, it would replaced it. But what I found was funny was that it's King Kong Bundy walking down to the same music at the entrance. <laughs> I'm just like, oh god, why am I walking down to this? Oh man. Um, I don't know if you noticed that they, they they called him like the walking condominium. That was actually like a nickname. It's that a they, good name. It, I mean, it's accurate. It's very accurate. Like it would be weird to call him a house, but a condo works. Yeah, it does. Uh, and uh, I have to know that Ken Patera, he had the, he not quite a part. I mean, he had like his hair was like definitely the biggest eighties hair. It's like, like I mean, Rick Rude's too. Like, uh, if was, you're going, uh, like, was Ken Patera a regular roster member or was, cause he, I got the impression that he was like a one-off like celebrity guest almost. Yeah. He was just like around for in the late eighties for a bit. He wasn't there for very long. 
but he was an actual Olympian before that. Like and he was like a former like strongman. Oh, okay. So kind of like uh, a Mark Henry or Kurt Angle situation. Kinda, but yeah, not definitely not as successful. Uh, <laughs> actually, I have a note for him too. I don't know if you heard Ventura allude to the fact that he was in prison. Oh no, I didn't hear that. Yes, that was a fact uh, from Wikipedia on April 6, 1984. Patera was denied service after hours at a McDonald's restaurant in Wisconsin, prompting oh, the angry restaurant to throw a rock through a window of the building. <laughs> Although he claims that one of the employees did it and blamed him. Uh, but then he and another wrestler later assaulted the police officers sent to arrest him. Wow. And so 16 months later, at which point he was uh, in WWF, he was sentenced to two years in prison. So Safe to say that uh, Ken Patera, Antifa icon? Uh, sure. <laughs> beat up, he beat up cops. Yeah, I guess fighting so. fighting for the good guys. I guess we should make some shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the notes I was surprised about was how Orndorff and Don Morocco get some, they hit some nice drop kicks. For yeah. People their, their size. Don Morocco continued to surprise me because the the fact that he's able to do more than just stand with his fucking weird physique is incredible to me. Yeah, he was very thick. But and I think when you you text me, we're just talking about how how veiny he was. Oh my god, there's so many veins. Yeah, that's was, an unhealthy amount of veins. <laughs> yeah, I uh, saw all of them. Yeah, like especially just around the shoulders and the chest, it was a lot. Yeah. And then just like the way the shoulders, like the traps, like led into his ears almost <laughs> like there was no neck and like his arms were just dangling down by the side. And like, you know, his arms just kind of tapered off as they went down. It was almost like that. Um, it's a cartoon, that, like, like pencil thin wrists. Yeah, it was, you know, it was like the meme template of like the uh, the dog that's like jacked versus the dog that's tiny. Like oh, it's yeah. that exact physique and it's just very unnatural and uncomfortable yeah it was weird uh but like you said butchery was eliminated by hogan um i thought this was kind of dumb he was you know celebrating he high-fived so he had to leave the ring because i was considered a tag oh but he he wanted to see him because under the giant came of in course. this is of course this is the next big event after the wrestlemania 3 match because wrestling was far different back then you only had at this point two pay-per-views a year um but he could have just tagged back in I wonder if they've ever, if they've done the uh, high five mistaken as a tag since. That's actually kind of a a clever idea. Like, you know, if in that context they do that and then they do the thing, but like, you know, the wrestler of the ring already does something to make it so they can't tag back in. Um, Yeah, because you literally could just tag back in, right? Yeah. Because it didn't make it because it was Patera that came in and then under the the giant left because he just tagged in and then tagged back out. So it didn't make any sense. Um, Andre was definitely in this match a total of under a minute. Like, there's no, uh, yeah, he he's, was, uh, I mean, he's Andre. It's, you know, whatever. You know, he's yeah. the special attraction. He's not, I, I don't expect him to, you know, work a 20 minute technical bout. But, uh, <laughs> imagine if he had gone like 40 minutes with Kenta Gabashi. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, I don't think that would have, uh, I mean, it would have been like chest jobs, probably. Yeah. 40, 40 minutes. I'm just uh, picturing him with like a really small guy, like a Brian Danielson, and they're just like doing like legit like amateur wrestling around each other. Like all of a sudden, Andre's just moving real quick and like spinning <laughs> around them and doing all these different holds and flips. It's, it's under, yeah, or like a sunset flip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so twice during the match, 
and this is like a classic girl of monsoon thing that you may or may not have noticed him saying if someone's thrown into a corner who's large they'll claim that the uh, the ring shifted yeah and the second like time it. he he claims it it shifted about eight inches he got specific <laughs> as if he like got up from his ringside seat and ran over and like had like a ruler i was like yep i would, the tape I would measure like out. to see that i mean it is it is shit like that that makes me just uh, like because i think of all like the older teams from before i watched that gorilla and ventura is my favorite combo um and it's just like because gorilla just like he is just such a perfect straight man commentator i was very surprised to read that a lot of people didn't like his commentary at the time. oh i loved it i'm glad i grew up in that yeah no it's it's unbelievable like he's um you know because like i i don't love jr i don't hold that much love the way others do i like him and i like the, you know obviously hearing him brings me back to my youth but like I feel like Gorilla has more in common with like a Michael Cole where he just tries to be this straight man who is just try, you know, getting through the match and you know, he'll, he'll crack a little joke here and there, but for the most part, like he's being very serious. He's taking it all very seriously. Uh, well, and he's just a part good of presenter. It's in part of it because this man is yelling in everyone's ear what to say. Yes. Well, and not even what to say, just telling them, talk about this now, talk about this now, make sure you mention that. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure this probably wasn't happening so much. No back then yeah well because i'll just say no, there was a line later where um ventura is talking when it's it's a one-man gang and uh king kong bundy are in the ring and i had the exact quote he's like you know what's nice gorilla he wants you to hear pulling i have that in my notes as well i thought that was it, an excellent line it, it, and, and monsoon's like yeah like they, <laughs> they, they, they they're like yeah they like they can get along they you know yeah. it's not it's not just they're not at odds with each other at all yeah, times when Jesse's was, not being a complete fucking maniac. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I, I always enjoy that with the, with the, any, at any era when the face commentator and the heel commentator can agree on something. Yeah. I always think that I always think that's nice, but they, they seem like they more, like, a lot more than it's a modern, modern pairings mm-hmm. could, you know, easily get along just as much as they oh, can yeah. be a, a disagreement. You got to um, hear uh, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. That's my favorite commentary team in the world right now. It's so good. <laughs> Do you know Pat yeah. McAfee? No, who's that? He's a, he's an ex football player, um, and now he just has like a very popular uh, like sports talk show. Um, but now he does commentary on SmackDown with Michael Cole, and he's he's probably like in his late thirties, and he's just a fucking dumb bro. But yeah. he's just he's very excited and very excitable, and he teases Cole, but he's not an asshole to him. And like, and you know, Michael stays a straight man, but Michael breaks so much under Pat McAfee because he is just such a fucking idiot. It's uh, it's it's a joy to see. I'll have to oh. just get a Pat McAfee match at some point. He actually wrestled the match in NXT too. So. Did he win? He didn't, but he did great. Oh, you would have thought he was a wrestler. Oh, cat antics. So one uh, man gang. One yeah, one man gang's in my house. Shit. I'm just glad he wasn't Akeem because. So I've seen that as yeah, this is rough. Yeah. But speaking of that, he did. Uh, he basically just kind of like fell on top of Kimbatera and pinned him hmm. to make him go away. Uh, Orndorff, or Orndorff got pinned. Uh, Rude actually, that's his only. Yeah, that was his, his his one uh, redemption. The schoolboy with the classic handful of tights. Yeah. But yeah, he gets he's he's celebrating. And then Don Morocco just power slams him. It was like that it was, was a gorgeous rapid. power slam. I loved that. I did not expect that out of a Don Morocco. Yeah, the, the veins they actually have little suction cups. Tiny said they yeah. keep the keep the opponent close for a nice tight swing around. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, but yeah, the, I mean, the eliminations were pretty. 
like quick. They were kind of rapid fire for a while. Yeah. Because uh, then Morocco, he got, well, he he got hit with a, a very convincing looking one man gang splash. Uh, after taking a, a headbutt from under the giant, as he mm-hmm. was like, thrown into under the giant. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a good uh, good way to kind of get Mor- a guy like Morocco out because. Whenever you have that size advantage, it's always a question of, well, we got to do something a little extra special to get you out if we're getting you out outside the confines of a lengthier normal match. Like, what's yeah. going to get you out quickly? One-two punch like that is uh, kind of ideal. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, people being thrown into people's at either feet or knees in the corners, mm-hmm. too. I didn't, I don't ever seen, like, seen that much. Putting your knee up and having someone's head just thrown into it. Yeah. You ever see that much? Not much. Yeah. But it's uh, nasty. It is. Uh, there actually one thing I like too is when Bam Bam's in the ring and he tries to do a, a sunset flip on the one man gang who just sits on his chest. Yeah, that didn't look. I that's one good. of those ones we, we've talked about that particular maneuver in the past where it's like there's no faking that. Yeah. Even, How even do you not lose your breath? Yeah, I mean, even if you're three ninety, if you have someone who's four fifty sitting on your chest, it's no yeah. good. Um, and then later on, he kind of. Bam Bam kind of does that the 360 after getting clotheslined. Yeah. Which I'm sure but back then was highly uncommon and very yeah. impressive for someone who's close to 40 looked, pounds. It, it still looked great for a guy. His, I was in general surprised with his agility, like him rolling around the ring to dodge shit a couple times. Yeah. He used to pull moonsaults too. Yeah. Yeah. I think he goes for one here, but doesn't it doesn't land. Did he, uh, did he, once he try to moonsault? I think, I think he tried one. I don't think he uh, pulled it off. Yeah. I could um, be wrong. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so actually there was a, the Bayman did take a beating for a while from the other two large men on the other team. Yeah, I have a note that uh, Hogan in the corner, when Bam Bam's getting the shit kicked out of him, there's one point where Hogan looks like he's going to just burst out crying. <laughs> he's just like, no, yeah. oh, my Bam Bam. He was also like dark crimson. His like his skin tone just... Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like, it's so weird. It's weird to think that was like a normal... Thing, like to be so like dark orange red with your bleach blonde yeah, hair, your yellow that's shorts that's fine just the look in the 80s ah, that's so but weird. it's interesting at this point too because all we have left at this point on the good guy team is hogan and bigelow yeah and we still have fucking bundy one man gang and andre on the other team and that is just all their fucking biggest guys yeah that's i'm curious if that's like what the largest amount of, of weight like i'm wondering if this is it or not even just those three guys, like so they weigh, should. they weigh as much as like a five-person team would. Someone, someone listening. I know we got tons of listeners. Yeah, Vince, <laughs> figure it out. Vince, you want to fucking take twenty minutes away from writing the Survivor Series script and get back to us? Thank you. But uh, you know, so Hogan finally gets tagged in, and then he, they kind of tease, you know, hits Andre a few times, but it's pulled out, and it was a smart move, you know. Uh, Bundy and one man gang keep him occupied on the outside. Yeah. Despite the fact that he body slams both on the floor outside, he's countered out. Couldn't get back in in time. Way to protect him so he doesn't get pinned, but exactly. to get him out of the match. I mean, it, it ended up being surprising because you figured this this big event, mm-hmm. you, don't get, you don't really get the happy ending. You know, well, there's always, um, I always like those scenarios when you have someone that's as untouchable as Hulk in a Survivor Series match, but they it, whenever they do get eliminated before like it's down to one-on-one it's always a shock i remember there was one probably early 2010s and this was like when john cena was at the peak of his powers and he was the first one to get eliminated and it was like what the fuck oh you, know, you lose your shit because like that's not what you expect to happen you expect him to be the, the lone survivor probably yeah 
So what? So it's like to... it's like everything. Uh, I think his team ended up uh, losing, but it's uh, oh. yeah, it's still it's just like well, shit. Like that's like your fucking ace in the hole, and uh, it's it's gone. It's like yeah. oh, you know, I got a bunch of fucking chumps left. Nope. Yeah, that's what happened here, and then somehow Bam Bam overcomes. He's able to. I like his little slingshot splash on on Bundy. Yeah, Get, gets him out of there. Uh, when Man Gang misses a, a top or second rope splash and he gets pinned. Mm-hmm. By this point, poor Bam Bam's exhausted. Yeah. One Man Gang is just fucking up his shit. Under uh, the Giant is fucking up his shit. Thank you. Oh, well, I, I, I was just talking about the beatdown that he was getting before uh, Bam Bam even eliminates One Man Gang. Because oh, Bam Bam yeah. basically pulls it out. Like he's. Yeah, it's not like with with Bundy. It was like, oh, all right, I I might be able to do this. One man gang. It was more of an act of desperation to get him out of there. Okay, my mistake. I apologize. Pay attention, ass. Ah. yeah, and then Andre finally comes in for more than two seconds. Yeah, now he does hit the. Uh, it was not quite a double underhook suplex, but it was a very sad double underhook suplex. Which again, it's Andre the Giant. He's excuse. Yeah, he's very large and almost dead. I don't uh, begrudge him, but it wasn't a very impressive uh, finish to the. I Imagine. mean, the, the the overall story the match told was excellent, but the uh, the you know the final move was just like oh no, that's gonna put him away. Okay, just imagine if he hit the uh, what's the one when you go to the top rope at the northern north northern star press, you did the backflip off the top rope, rope and splash your opponent. Oh, shooting star press, shooting star press. Sorry, yeah. The one that under almost the giant, broke Brock Lesnar's neck. Yeah, I've seen under the giant climb on top rope to attempt that. <laughs> or a 450, maybe. I mean, hey, in any of the video games, you can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but he pins Bam Bam, and then Hogan needs the spotlight, so he comes running out and cracks his skull with the, the belt a couple times, and you know, leaves the fans happy, at least. Yeah. And it's funny, because like, Venture is like, what an asshole, and then and Monsoon's like defending his actions somehow. Yeah. He's not, you can't do that. Like Ventura's right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Take take the loss, Gorilla. It's okay. Yeah. But that was a, I, I that that was such a fun yeah. match. Like that I, is just sports entertainment madness from had, beginning to end. Had you seen it before? No. Oh, all right. I'm glad you enjoyed oh, I it. Thought, yeah, it's excellent. It's you know, and it's cool because it's like you know, every Survivor Series match seems to have like one or two people in it where you're like, what the fuck? And you know, like that was Ken Patera for me. Yeah. Like otherwise, like it was pretty star studded and, um, you know, it was just everyone you know, like, like in any good Survivor Series match, everyone kind of got to have their little moment. And um, it was just, it was just really fun. The crowd was hot. Like I said, it doesn't stop the whole time. So it's just one thing after another, after another, it just keeps you on your toes. I, I loved it. Yeah. And I was almost disappointed because right before I stopped when Hogan was celebrating, uh, Gorilla Monsoon finally said that it was a happening. I was <laughs> I was waiting and waiting, and he was like, oh, he didn't say it. But then he finally said it. So I could like, oh, I'm satisfied. I can shut it off now. Rest in peace, Gorilla. Oh, I miss you. Happening. Yeah. Well, that was that was my deal. Did you uh did you have time to formulate a five on five? Yes, I did. Right. Um, I'm glad I did it when you were reading yours, because otherwise I would have forgotten again. Um, <laughs> So I just kind of th- wanted to throw a little theme together um, or I just take the best of like the attitude era versus the best of today. Um, so I would have on team attitude era would be stone cold. Of course. Yes. Of course. Triple H. Uh, you're going to have the rock in the mix. 
throw Kane in there because he's so powerful. And then you got to have Mick Foley in there. You got to mm-hmm. have uh, the wild card. And now is he under a certain, uh, certain he's, he's, identity? He's, he, is, uh, he is under Mick Foley. To early 2000s when he is um, on his way out oh, and okay. feuding with Triple H. And he's just he's dressed like Cactus Jack, but he's going by Mick Foley. Oh, okay. And then on uh, the, the modern day team, uh, of course, my, my cousin, Seth Rollins, <laughs> Roman Reigns, Alan Jones Styles, the great Kofi Kingston, and my boy, Kevin Owens. Oh, all right. I could be very and interesting. And uh, now I don't think I failed to mention who might win mine. Did I, did I not mention who might you win? You did not mention, no. Oh, can I do that? Go for it. I think in the end, it would just be, I think it would be. Uh, the savage would be the sole survivor. He'd win for the good guys. Mm-hmm. I make. I, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Do you have a, a who's who's surviving yours? Triple H, sole survivor. Yeah. Does he? Oh, yeah. Sl- he, he eliminates. He he eliminates all five. No one else gets a pin. Wow. And he eliminates all his teammates. <laughs> Does he eliminate Earl Hebner, the referee? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, of course. Disgraced former referee Earl Hebner has to officiate both matches. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he could have too. If he had maybe, sold... maybe Dave Hebner would do one and then Earl would take the other. We don't know who's who. Exactly. What happens Find that is out at the end of the night. They're actually they're introduced separately, but they're dressed the same. But then they uh, <laughs> they just they just run toward each other and they start making out and they're spinning around and when they release, you don't know who's who. <laughs> I think when they come, they come out stolen t shirts. <laughs> no, that's Earl Hebner does that because um, Dave's a good Dave, guy. Dave Hebner just he comes out a shirt that just says, Why me? I wasn't involved. <laughs> said nothing to do with me. How dare yeah. you? I look like him, but don't don't put it on me. Yeah, all that's on one t-shirt. T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I'd wear it. So I uh, so my pick was uh, Survivor Series 2019. It was the men's Survivor Series match of that year, and this was the year that we alluded to earlier, where NXT was in the mix. So we have Team Raw, consisting of Seth Rollins, my cousin, Ricochet, Randall Keith Orton, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. Team SmackDown, consisting of Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin at the time, before he became uh, Constable. Oh, no, this is this is post-Constable. And then before, uh, he was Sad Corbin and then Happy Corbin. And then Shorty G, now known as Chad Gable. Uh, and then going up against Team NXT, which was Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, who we just lost, uh, from the company, not Earth. Not from life, huh? Yeah, Walter. Matt Riddle, the current uh, Raw Tag Team Champion. Damian Priest, the current U.S. Champion. So it was, uh, this was kind of like, you know, the best that NXT had to offer at the time. Um, you know, going up against some of the best that both rosters had to go against at the time. And it's just one of those, you know, there's so many fucking people in this. It's 15 people. Uh, probably still doesn't weigh as much as Team Andre alone from 87. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just seeing everyone like get into position was like, oh my god, this is going to be messy. Yeah, I uh, just like it's, I probably don't think I would cover it because it's just too long of a match. There's a tag team one from the '87 Survivor Series mm-hmm. where it's it's five tag teams on each side. Oh my god! Yeah, the ring is just surrounded by people. Oh shit! I think they did one of those in um, maybe 2016. I think they did one. Five and- tag teams. Five tag teams per team, yeah, ten on ten. It's a lot, and it it is a lot. It's insane. Like to the point where if you get thrown off the ropes, everyone has to like lean back as they're holding yeah. on. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so, you know, things, you know, so obviously triple threat rules apply the entire time, which is uh, an interesting change of that dynamic as well. So Braun and Seth and Tommaso kick things off. And, uh, you know, of course, as with any match with a very large person, Seth and Ciampa go right after Braun and, uh, you know, that happens for a little bit, but then Drew and Walter get tagged in. And this is the first of many just fucking beef fights in the Survivor Series. <laughs> is this where they was, say beef or no? No, that's later on with, uh, I think Keith Lee is in the mix at that point. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, Drew, again, it's so interesting because Drew's big, but I still remember in 2019 when I was in the second row at a house show seeing Drew and it's like, he truly is pure beef in person. Like he is <laughs> taller than he looks and thicker than he looks. And Walter is just a block of clay. So it was yeah, just, he looked, uh, he looked like Kobashi ish. Yes. He, uh, he is known for the slap for the chop. Um, I've seen like highlights of him doing chops on people and they just yeah. look like the most devastating chops. And he's like 25. That's the worst part. Like right think now, of when he, he gets like, yeah, well, I, well, he's probably like late twenties now, but like, Think of when he gets into like his forties and he starts to have like a dad bod, <laughs> like those chops are going to kill people. Yeah. But, uh, Drew took him out with a Claymore Claymore real quick. Uh, fans was were that, not happy to lose was Walter. That was that surprising to you? It was. Cause you know, you get a guy, you know, that that's kind of like that moment I was uh, speaking of earlier where you have like this big, big threat and then they're just gone right away. And that's kind of what was the, the, the shock elimination of the match with, uh, Drew taking him out. Yes. So we get a little bit of action with Damian Priest. Uh, he gets in there. Shorty J, Shorty G, uh, and Ricochet just kind of dance around each other for a little bit. Although Shorty G does hit a very disgusting German suplex on Ricochet. I don't know if you caught that piece. Yeah, but I, I've seen some Ricochet stuff, and he he has good react. He reacts well to yes being crumpled up in half. Yep. As a reminder, it- he also fingered his asshole on camera. Ricochet. Yeah. Why? Uh, a sex tape of his leaked, and he was jacking it and fingering his asshole at the same time for his lover. Oh, well, that's his yeah. business. Yeah. And some mm-hmm. asshole made it everyone's business, and now we know that about Ricochet. Oh, now I he know that. He swirls it when it's in the fing- in the asshole. Oh. Does the uh, does it come out like bubble gum, like like a string of bubble gum? Yeah. <laughs> his ass. Pulls it out, and he's just like, check it out, boys. Oh, Ladies. weird. I don't remember if it was for a gentleman or a lady, but yeah, Ricochet's a horny guy. Uh, Riddle gets in the mix, which, Thanks. um, God damn. I love, I love me some Riddle. Did he, uh, kick off his, his flip flops? Yeah, too? that's the one. Okay. You should see his entrance from the last Saudi Arabia show. He came to the ring on a camel. Ooh. <laughs> and, and Randy, or- I, I actually just found out that for that entrance that Randy Orton, cause they're tag team champions together. They're called yeah. RK bro. Um, Randy wanted to ride a camel too. And they told him no. <laughs> Really? They told me yeah. couldn't. Yeah, and it's Randy Orton. They said no to Randy Orton, but they're like, no, this guy gets to ride a camel. You don't. <laughs> Any idea why? Uh, probably because it would have. He's a very serious character, so that probably would have looked a little too goofy and fun for Randy. So he just walked to the ring. Yeah. Oh, that's, Poor Randy. that's unfortunate. Yeah. Would, would you ride a camel? Absolutely. Yeah. What if uh, you were as you're getting on? I slapped it in the ass and it took off. Call me Christopher Reeves. Oh, oh, yikes. Anyways. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, some more uh, action. Uh, Kevin Owens gets into the mix and he just like immediately takes out Shorty G. 
you got very good reactions from the audience. Every everyone loves KO, baby. He's one of the mm-hmm. best. He's fucking. I got. We got to do the uh, Royal Rumble match uh, he had with Roman this year at some point because okay, he's he's a brutal boy. Um, but yeah, Roman comes in and it's one of those things where it's like you know, Roman comes in and it's just shit's going down. Um, is this the point where he was a good guy but being booed anyways? Yes. Okay. And this is, um, you know, six months after he returned to the ring after taking time away for chemotherapy for leukemia, and they still. How easily they forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all right. He's been world champion for like 500 days now, so it's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, Champa was able to eliminate Owens out of nowhere. <clears throat> he landed a second rope DDT on him, which I always love a second rope DDT. Um, Orton and Champa were going at it for a little bit, which was very exciting because right, ar- <clears throat> right around that time, they were both talking about how they'd like to face each other because they're very similar uh, as far as like characters and uh, wrestling style go. Like talking so outside of any storyline stuff, just expressing interest and actually doing it. Yeah, just kind of like in interviews, like because um, like yeah. Champa does not want to be part of the main roster; he wants to stay on NXT. Um, and um, but he was like, you know, my one, you know, I want to make sure I at least get to like face Randy Orton at some point. Oh, so, so it worked out. We got a little tease of that, he, but it was no, interesting. Um, I was gonna say, Thomas, he, he was like, he looked at the smallest person in the match. Yeah, among them. That's, well, Shorty G was fucking tiny, but. He was barely but in the match. I'm saying that they probably still weigh slightly more than me, but like mm-hmm. 108% muscle compared yeah. to mine. Oh, yeah. I do not believe Tommaso Ciampa has any fat anywhere on his body. Maybe in his beard. That's a nice yeah. beard. It's a great beard. He looks yeah. like a fucking like Lord of the Rings character. Um, in, the, in their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> So it's interesting because, you know, obviously Ciampa got to eliminate Owens with the second rope DDT. So we went to do one on Randy, but fucking Randy does a second rope DDT of his own. So he's like, I'm not having any of that shit, um, which was nice. So, you know, we kind of got to they we put a stop to that. Damien Priest comes in and then Randy just, oh, no, this is what I loved. Uh, as soon as Ciampa tagged himself out when he turned around to just get back out of the ring, Randy hit him with an RKO. Oh yeah. And he, and priest comes in and then Randy just hits him with one and eliminates him right away, which was uh, too bad only because I've come to really like Damien priest. Uh, he's very good. So he didn't really, he was the only one that didn't really get to show uh, the goods off in this match. He seemed very quick, quick kick. <clears throat> he is. Yeah. And he's one of those guys where he's like, he's really, really tall, but he's really lean. So it makes for a very interesting style and interesting moveset. Mm-hmm. I like him, um, but then fucking Riddle shows up, rolls Randy up. Yeah, and that was a regular. That wasn't even any any uh, handful of shorts on that one. Yeah, he just got him. He caught him in an off moment. His, his face was funny afterwards at his surprise of doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, bear in mind, anytime you see Matt Riddle, uh, he is incredibly high, not unlike RVD. Uh, <laughs> For real high. Yeah. He's a huge fucking pothead. Mm. Um, and it's really funny because uh, this year at WrestleMania, they were doing all these interviews like WrestleMania weekend and RVD went into the Hall of Fame this year and he's doing an interview and then Riddle shows up and he's like, whoa, dude, it's RVD. And it's like everyone always jokes about RVD being his dad because <laughs> just the same person, uh, except Riddle's even higher and even fucking dumber. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, Riddle, he he gets that elimination on Randy. Randy's fucking furious, so he hits him with an RKO. 
And hey, King Corbin says, you know what? Let me get in here as well. And he uh, he gets that cheap pin. No, sweet it, Matthew. I'm guessing he's supposed to be a huge prick. Yes, absolutely. He just, he just looked the part. Oh, he's so good at it. He um he was king of the ring at the time. And uh, he had a whole storyline this summer where he was poor and <laughs> begging people for money. And um, but then he won a ton of money gambling. So now he's an asshole and didn't learn anything. Oh. It's a very funny story. <laughs> he's uh, he's like a perfect heel. Like he's like the ultimate like upper mid card heel that like, you know, he'll have a championship match every once in a while, but never win the title because he's not a real threat. He's just but he's just enough of a threat to piss off a world champion caliber wrestler. OK. Yeah. yeah he's, very he's, good. He, I was I didn't like him, so he did his part. Yeah. Good for him. Absolutely. <laughs> he's got that. He's just got that face. Mm-hmm. Um. So. We get to see uh, Braun Strowman do the Strowman Express and just run around the ring and just fucking destroy everyone. That was fun. I liked uh, the second time when he just collided with Keith Lee in midair. Yeah, that was... was, uh, That's beef. Beef on beef right there, yeah. Beef on beef action. And then then as soon as they collided and he gets up, Drew lands a Claymore on him. Um, So Strowman couldn't make it in for the count. So not unlike Hulk Hogan in 1987, Strowman was eliminated by count out. That makes us try to figure out how to get this large, rather athletic man out of the match. So mm-hmm. good call. And then all of a sudden, you just hear a voice on the mic say, "My asshole needs to be fingered," and Ricochet gets in. <laughs> oh, I missed that. He's wearing his Batman Forever suit, and uh, but Baron Corbin shows up again, right opportunity at the right time, hits him with his finisher, the End of Days. Ricochet's gone. Um, so Ali gets in the fold. Seth gets in the mix for the first time. Everyone's excited for Ali because he's a Chicago boy. And, uh, but he Seth had, what was up with his, uh, light up mask he was wearing over his mouth? Yeah, that's just a thing he wears. Likes to glow. Oh, okay. Looks a little I don't know if there's any, any, any meaning to it or not. No, he just, I think he just thinks it looks cool, which, uh, I can't disagree with that. I think that's yeah. pretty neat. Um, so Seth, uh, you know, there's action spills to the outside. Seth tosses Ali into the air and uh, Ciampa breaks his fucking face off. And then um, once Ali gets back in the ring, Seth hits him with the curb stomp and Ali's out. It's, but there was some point too where, was it this point where, was it Corbin is yelling at Ali for like, in? He jumped out of the ring, and I think he actually he hit Corbin by accident yeah. as part of it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, then... so they were they were arguing with each other, and Ali was kind of in his head as he got back into the ring. He was thinking about Corbin being a prick, mm-hmm. and then, you know, when uh, that happens. Okay. He seemed to be uh, arguing with Robin Reigns earlier in the match, too, yeah? Yeah, Roman was pissed at him for that, because you know, obviously that was uh, Corbin's fault. So Roman was screaming at him. Mm-hmm. And then Ali gets eliminated. Then all these stupid fucking assholes in Chicago start chanting for CM Punk because, of course, that's what they do. Mm. I actually, I didn't notice that. I honestly didn't. Uh, that's what <laughs> uh, dumb wrestling fans do when they're when they don't like wrestling. When they don't like what's happening, they'll chant for Punk, which is like, fuck off. <laughs> do do people still chant what all the time? Yes, unfortunately. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Even in staying power. <clears throat> AEW. Yeah. Even in AEW, they do it. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> the fucking the nerds that uh, think, you know, that take wrestling way too seriously, they still do it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so Drew uh, Drew's back in the mix. He hits a fucking brutal inverted Alabama slam on Tommaso Ciampa. Oh yeah, that was oh my god, right on this fucking face. Um, threatens to kick him right back to NXT, but right as he's running for the Claymore, Reigns hits him out of nowhere with a spear, and then Roman eliminates Drew. So at that point, Rollins is the only person left for Team Raw. Um, so he goes to dive outside the ring for a suicide dive. Roman hits him back in the ring, hits him with a drive-by, which is one of my favorite Roman moves. Oh, that when uh, he jumps, kicks him in the face and he lands on the apron on his back? <clears throat> yes, yeah. yeah. Always looks, nice. uh, yeah, always looks satisfying. Um, so then things start to get real out of control. Uh, Ciampa hits a, the second rope DDT on Roman, goes for his finisher, but Roman hits him with the su- Superman punch instead. Keith Lee and Baron Corbin are both trying to get in there. You know, they can see things are getting weak. So Corbin runs in the ring, drags Roman over so he can tag himself in. Um, but then immediately starts yelling at Roman for, you know, allegedly being too weak to get in there. Um, everyone started chanting STDs at Baron because he looks like he has them. <laughs> um, so Roman doesn't give a single shit about Corbin anymore. He's furious with him. So he hits him with a Superman punch. Then he spears him. So Ciampa takes advantage of that and eliminates King Corbin. Yeah. So now we have uh, Seth and Roman are the only ones left on their teams, but NXT still has Ciampa and Keith Lee. So they do, uh, you know, they, they, they start beating down Tommaso. And this was beautiful. Seth and Roman, uh, they're like, you know what? We should do the old school shield power bomb. So uh, they dismantle the announce table and they're going to do it. But Keith Lee just fucking crashes into everyone and all three <laughs> yeah. of them go spilling to the ground, which is That's great. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so Ciampa hit a, he hit a knee to the back of Seth's skull power bomb into a back backbreaker, which I guess is called the project Ciampa. Um, so just like, they're all hitting each other with their finishers at this point. Everyone's killing everyone. Um, so Ciampa hits his finisher um, or tries to hit his finisher on Seth. Roman stops him. Then Rollins hits him with the stomp. So Ciampa's out. So now one, one, one Roman, Seth and Keith. And uh, Rollins says to Keith, I built it. I'll burn it down. Referring to NXT because Seth was the very first NXT champion. But uh, Keith turns it into a jackhammer. Seth is gone. So now we're down to just Keith and Roman again. Beef fight. Um, Big time. And this this match, this is like the main reason I'm I mean, there's many reasons, but one of the main reasons I'm really bummed that Keith is uh, out of the company now is we never got to have him and Roman one on one because the way they teased it with this match was like they could murder each other. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, you know, they go at it for a little bit. Uh, Keith tries for the second, well, tries for a second rope moonsault and misses it. So Roman hits him with a spear and he eliminates him and SmackDown wins with Roman as the sole survivor. There, there were a couple of, like, for each one of them, they had, like, what almost seemed like a three count. Yeah. Like, the closest I can remember seeing. Yeah. Nobody- there was a lot of those. Yeah, even like the but the announcers, I don't know if they were supposed to play into it or if they were genuinely like, I need to see a replay of that again. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think because there was one where it was like he the ref did hit the three, but the footage does show like you know in that split second that you know the ref just didn't the ref fucked up by hitting that three, but it was that's yeah. how close it was though. 
which is bananas to me. Yes. And it, so uh, was, so uh, we oh. had a, uh, sorry, there was a, the power one we hit on, on Roman Reigns too. Oh like, my God. Oh, it was like a, not quite an awkward landing. It was just like high in the neck and shoulders. Yeah. I actually thought that was going to be it. I did too. I was yeah. e- even having seen this match before and knowing that <laughs> he Roman it, wins. Maybe changed somehow. I think that I think that a lot when I rewatch wrestling matches that I've already seen, which <laughs> which thinking. Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So was was there anyone in this that you hadn't seen that you were uh, before that you were impressed by? Um, like the shorty G I never saw before. Mm-hmm. He seemed extremely fast, and like he, he and Ricochet had their. 30 seconds it looked fun yeah like, i've seen some independent ricochet show stuff before um i've seen a little bit of keith actually i've seen a match where keith lee and ricochet wrestle each other oh uh, ricochet won um but yeah I, I wasn't familiar with uh several of the smackdown team and i think i've seen everyone else just due to matches we've covered on here that you've chosen yeah probably Royal rumbles too for a lot for some of the guys that didn't yeah but and i didn't know a couple of the other nxt guys but yeah i mean i i thought it was i i didn't take any i started i was going to take notes but i just started watching and i just kind of forgot because i was so uh focused on just enjoying the match yeah a lot of shit happened there the only thing my my, only i could call it a gripe is that uh overuse of like if there's two people in the ring and they just like slowly turn towards each other, like, Oh, we're going to fight now Yeah. to elicit a crowd response. There was yeah. a, a lot, a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot. What's well, uh, yeah, again, what the problem with a 15 person as opposed to a 10 person survivor series match is like the amount of different combinations of matchups that people hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, all right. I guess we got to hype up this one. I guess we got to hype up this one. Okay. People want to see this one. And it's like, yeah, and it, it always happens too, because you know, obviously Royal Rumbles, that's another big thing where those moments happen where it's like, especially when it's two fucking big beefcakes like that. Yeah. There's a moment in the uh, 2019 Rumble where uh, Brock Lesnar dominated for like the first 15. Like someone would come in, he'd eliminate. Someone would come in, he'd eliminate for like the first half of that Rumble. And then um, when Keith Lee comes in, uh Brock starts laughing and he just goes big boy <laughs> I that was such a fucking awesome thing to say because Brock is one of those people that's just uh funny when you don't expect him to be which is always oh. all right well um we assume that you listen to this while you're eating your Thanksgiving dinners with your families yep uh, and if you haven't done that if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving pause it now rewind it back to the beginning start again on Thanksgiving Yes, because uh, on, on the cassette tape version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on your large stereo system in your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or in your car. Yeah. Cassette, cassette player. Make sure you have a pencil in case you need to, you know, stick it in there to if the tape gets up, pulled out and stuck in your radio. Mike's, Mike's doing weird jerk-off motions with his hand. For some I was reason. starting to unwind it with the pencil, but then my hand turned, got out of control. Turned into jerking-off motions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Happy yep. Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everyone enjoyed Survivor Series 2021. Let me know. Yep. Uh, let me know what happened. It hasn't <laughs> it hasn't aired yet where I am? So, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll release this video too, and I'll put your phone number on screen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Good night, America.